Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Happy 2022. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, New Year. New pod. More or less. No, but pretty much more or less the same podcast. I don't know why I said that. You know what? It's uh, It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but uh, yeah, we're back with uh, the regular crew. Uh, I don't know what happened with uh, Lee and Katie, but maybe they might join us later. Uh, with me, as always, got Adam. How's it going, Adam? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. I like the sound of 2022. Um yeah, I had a good holidays. Uh, we actually had like a white Christmas here in Vancouver for the first time in, I don't know, maybe like six or seven years. So, so that yeah. was kind of a nice surprise. And, and snow everyone... was sticking around barely. But <laughs> everyone... everyone's, of course, doesn't have winter tires on the yeah. road. <laughs> everyone handled it perfectly well. There was no issues whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> no, I was, I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to go for my booster shot on Friday, and uh, for some reason they could, they force you to select very few venues for your booster shot. So I chose the Vancouver Convention Center because I figured that was close to a transit station. So I thought, okay, that'll be easy to get to. And then I found out it was like a three-hour long lineup, and I'm like, uh, what? It's like snowing. Wow. It's cold. It's wet. I'm not waiting outside for three hours for my for my booster shot. So I ended up just going to the regular pharmacy, and they're like, yep, we have it here. We can even rebook your appointment so you can get it done here. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, there you go. Wow. That's, uh, I feel like more people should know about that. Yeah. Instead of just standing out line for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Also with us, as always, is Spark. How's it going, Spark? Good. Happy to be back. Happy to be doing the pod. Moved. So, yeah. you know, it's getting used to life here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Have you done the Rocky Steps yet? Um, I did that before I moved here, um, but I have been back once uh, because we had a visit. And, you know, you got to show the tourists what they want. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it always sunny there? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> really. Oddly. <laughs> it's always sunny in our hearts. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, this might be a bit of an odd episode in the sense that like, there's not a whole lot to review, though we're going to recap Hawkeye. 
uh, for better or for worse. And then also recap uh, Book of Boba Fett as well. And then we got our movie club this week, which is Kiki's Delivery Service. But yeah, um, a little bit of housekeeping uh, before we get started. Uh, you know, as most people who have been regular listeners of this podcast know, New Year usually means we make some changes, sometimes mild, sometimes major to the podcast and shows. Um, so this year, uh, I think there's some shows that like some people wanted to have brought back, but I think the problem with those shows was always that a, maybe they were not really designed for like a longer format kind of thing. Like you couldn't really do them over the course of like an entire year weekly and at the time, there wasn't really a whole lot of examples of people doing, like, seasonal podcasts. So I think the idea here is that, yeah, there are some things we're bringing back. It's not going to be ones that are, like, constantly week to week. They're going to be seasonal. So they'll run for a bit, take a break, and come back for a new season. Uh, those three shows are going to be Three Cooking Nerds, uh, probably one of the more popular ones with Lee and I cooking. We're going to do like one-off episodes for those. So like every so often, not on a set schedule, really. Uh, and then might go seasonal based on how well it does. Uh, would you binge this, which is where we watch various shows and based on a curated selection of three episodes, we decide whether the show's bingeable or not. That's also going to be season based too. So that's going to run for probably half the year. And then the other one is pop culture disorder, which is like uh, just a, general pop culture discussion show based on like various topics like best saturday night live host or <clears throat> unmade comic book movies etc so yeah you can look forward to dates on when those will actually be returning probably in the next little while but uh yeah uh those are just based on things that people have wanted to have brought back so it's brought back you did it you unlike uh warner brothers and the Snyderverse, we actually listen to people but <laughs> Um, oh. <laughs> someone had to make that joke. Uh, let's get on to the news that matters, or maybe doesn't matter. I don't know. Depends on your your frame of mind. But uh, uh, there's a rumor that Amelia Clark, uh, who played Kira in Solo: A Star Wars Story, will be reprising the role for a Disney Plus series. Um, yeah, make Solo two happen. Hashtag happened i guess i don't know um yeah adam do you care have you did you even see solo you know i i i think i watched like part of solo and i i think i just kind of got tired of it and turned it off uh, some part way through um yeah i wasn't the biggest fan of it um nor not yeah not <laughs> I just I wasn't a big fan. I'll leave it at that. Um, is would Amelia Clark be getting her own show, or is she showing up in someone else's show? Or uh, the rumor states that like she's gonna get her own show. Like, and obviously that probably means there'll be other characters. Some people have speculated Darth Maul, considering that they had some ties and yeah. Solo. But uh, give me give me the Darth Maul show. Yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of like meh on this news. Yeah. I know some people were freaking out. I saw on social media, like, people were just, like, <laughs> hyperventilating and just freaking out. 
and I'm like, uh, is it really worth it? So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, personally, I say go for it. I mean, uh, at this point, it's kind of funny that like it feels like every character in Star Wars is getting a proper spin-off series. So it just seems like no matter who you are, if you pop up somewhere, you're going to get it. Like soon we're going to get a Watto from episode one spinoff series or something like it just seems like anybody and everybody is getting a spinoff series so but i guess kira yeah that's that's that seems fine i think it could be interesting to see like because she took over that criminal kind of organization from uh paul bettany in that movie so maybe you see her like growing it and developing it over the course of time i don't know uh, a Blade reboot is reportedly looking for an actress to play Faiza Hussein, who uh, she's uh, somebody who wielded the the blade that uh, Kit Harrington's character gets at the end of Eternals. So, I mean, cool. And is anyone here excited for Blade? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, somewhat. I I, I, I I somewhat enjoyed the original Blades, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's a, a Marvel film that goes a little bit maybe darker than some of the previous ones have. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping, like, for that R rating, even though I don't think it's going to happen, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I also... I really like Maharshala, or forgive me if that's a mispronunciation... As an actor, um, the first Blades were like the first comic book movies I ever saw. Um, and I liked them and like they, I was into them and like they were violent and fun. And, and also I had really never seen like a, a black superhero at the time. So those movies aren't really touchable. Like it doesn't matter the quality that they put out because I'm in such a different place. Um, and because of that, I'm nowhere near as excited for these as I was for Blade, but that's not their fault. <laughs> There's nothing they could do mm-hmm. to change that for me. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they do it well. Yeah. I can, like, I'm kind of interested to see, like, if it's just Blade or they put in some other characters that are maybe, um, you know, I don't know, some characters that, like, could help him, like, kind of create, like, a vampire fighting team. So we'll see how it goes, but um, yeah, I don't know. To team up with Morbius or anything like that, or well, I think they would fight. Nice, wouldn't they? Because if he's like hunting vampires, I think he would hunt. Right. Yeah. Hunt, hunt Morbius. Um, but I could. I don't know. I could kind of see like I don't know. You get like uh, Kid Harrington and a few others, and together you have like a team of people fighting vampires. I don't know. I could see it. I think in like the third Blade movie, which was not a good movie, uh, they had Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds uh, helping Blade fight vampires. So, I don't know. Maybe you just do that, but better. Yeah, bring back Jessica Biel. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bring back Ryan. Make him a variant or whatever. Or just from a different timeline. Yeah. It'd actually be really cool if Wesley Snipes did a cameo. 
Yeah. Just make him like a vampire or something that they kill like early on. Something like that. <laughs> uh, I don't know he'd be in the first one, but I think if Blade does well, I, I, I would almost guarantee he'd be in a sequel or, or some sort of team up. Yeah. I could, I don't know. Like nowadays, now that they like can load every Spider-Man into a movie, I mean, you can you can put two blades in a movie. That ain't hard. Um, speaking of Marvel, Marvel's upcoming Echo series will feature writers from Netflix's Daredevil and Punisher shows. That's a good sign, I think, because those shows were really pretty well regarded and pretty well made. So I'll say bring it. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I think this also makes sense because they brought back Kingpin. He was a big deal, yo. And, uh, yeah, I think it makes sense that you would have Netflix uh, show writers helping flesh that out. And, I mean, I think we can all assume, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but Kingpin ain't dead. He, he's probably surviving whatever Echo did to him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm all for this. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I like I like the sound of this because um, I I mean I personally think the the Netflix Daredevil series was like one of the best like Marvel projects I've seen in like a long time um, and even the first season of Punisher was pretty good too mm-hmm. um, so I'd like that I like that if they're bringing more of those characters back that they have the writers or those writers involved um, you know in the creation of it or or some of the shows that they're going to be popping up in. Um, so yeah, this this is good news. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that announcement though of what exactly they're going to be doing with sort of Daredevil and Kingpin and all that, um, and even if Punisher's coming back or not too. But very curious to see what happens there. Yeah. Yep. I, just... I oh sorry. No no go ahead. Oh, um, just, yeah, I saw, a, uh, a, like, a, a small clip of, um, forget his name now. I always call him Shane because he's from The Walking Dead, but he's done a lot since. I should respect that. Um, <laughs> but it'll always be Shane to me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I saw him, uh, like, just talking glowingly about that experience. So I don't, I I don't think that, I, I think he's going to be put in it, but it always feels good to hear the actor say they really want to do it um like uh tangentially like i recently saw keanu uh ask to do constantine again i'm like well hey bro <laughs> i think nostalgia is king and anybody jump bring back jonah hex <laughs> bring them all back baby give the yeah. people what they want yeah i don't know i uh yeah I'm all for this. Like, just, you know, some good shows. And uh, I think it's safe to assume that they'll probably throw in Daredevil as well. I mean, Spider-Man showed that Charlie Cox is still Daredevil. So, nothing to say you couldn't just throw him in there, too. Because I think Echo and Daredevil in the comics have a romance. So, Ooh. yeah. So... I mean, we have Echo. We know we have Charlie Cox as Daredevil, so might as well put them together. Have a match on Tinder and go on some date or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's really funny to see Daredevil in bed 
just I don't know on his phone swiping people on Tinder swipes on Echo. He's like, oh cool, I got a match. Um, speaking of uh, what's old is new again, Cal Dodd, who uh, voiced Wolverine in the '90s X-Men animated series, confirms that he's returning as Wolverine for X-Men '97. Uh, a project that I consistently forget is happening, but alas, it is. Straight up. <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Straight up. Every time I see it, I'm like, what's X-Men 97? Oh, yeah, right. They're bringing back the 90s cartoon. Cool. Um, yeah. It's not It's not their fault. It's my fault. I keep forgetting that it's existing. But uh, I'm nonetheless excited. Uh, also, too, the actress that played Rogue also confirmed that she's uh, back behind the microphone doing some voice work for that as well. So... Uh, all for it. Although, admittedly, yeah. I think the dude that played Wolverine, like, there's no way you could replicate that. You needed him back, or else, just just don't, just give up at that point. The only thing yeah, that's little, awesome. The only thing I'm a little concerned about the show is that it might embrace the meme a little too much, because that show, since like it came out, has become a bit of a meme. Like you've got that Wolverine looking at that picture meme. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that they do too many moments like that where it's just like him looking at a picture like that. Like, I don't know. That, I, I hope they don't go too deep into the memes. Like, you still have to make it a pretty good show. So, I don't know that there's a series that uh, has was like X Men was the original early adapter of the meme when uh, in the last stand he did the Juggernaut bit, um, which was like. You guys remember that? And yeah. the, like, I'm the juggernaut, the like the dubbed over voice thing. Yeah. So I would say that there is almost a guarantee that if that they're going to uh, at least give a little wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, I, I think there's just too many memes that have spawned from that show at this point that you kind of can't really avoid it at this point. <sighs> well. That's that's exciting. I don't know when that show's coming out, but I want to assume late next year or late this year, maybe. Sorry, because I kind of feel like if they're doing voice work for it, probably all the animation's done. They're just doing voiceover work for the finished animation. So hypothetically, maybe we're getting it soon. Uh, on to more rumors. There's a lot of rumors this week. Andrew Garfield will be back as Spider-Man in an upcoming project. Uh, uh. Do it. Yes. Shut <laughs> up, Kurt. Drop your damn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, if we were to get an Amazing Spider-Man 3, we would have gotten it back in like 2014 or whatever when the Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Like, it, it, Where is Ethan when I need him? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Because like that movie, you know, bombed hard and then in the box office and they kind of canceled it and there's everything. And now there's kind of a revival of all the you know Andrew Garfield stuff because he did everyone liked him so much in No Way Home so yeah. I kind of think now is like the most likely time that something like that could happen um, especially with all the other projects Sony's got going on they could easily just throw them in there with uh, you know their movies if if they're not going to use the the Tom Holland Spider Man so mm-hmm. I, I could see it I could mm-hmm. really see it happening yeah I heard that on. Uh... Twitter, of course, it's all speculation, but people are saying that they pushed Morbius back again because they wanted to include Andrew Moore. Which would make 
too much sense. I don't know if Sony's smart enough for that, but boy, if I mean, if that is the reason, like, chess move, baby. I think like part of the reason like Andrew's character worked in uh, No Way Home was because you hadn't seen him in a while, and there was those like dangling plot threads of like what happened to his character after Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then we kind of got answers to that. So I'm kind of like, do I need Amazing Spider-Man Three? Because I kind of felt like No Way Home filled in enough of those plot points that I felt fine. And also because they kind of left him in a better place, I felt also pretty good that, like, he was in a good space now. He was he was doing all right for himself. So I don't know if I need another movie with him. I felt like I was pretty satisfied with everything that we got. But I don't know. Also, I'm, like, not really in the business of making money for that company. So I don't know. They're probably like, screw you, Kurt. You're... Feeling satisfied with story elements. We need to make money. Um, so, yeah. I'll say... I think, realistically, if you were to bring back Andrew, or even Toby for that matter, it would probably be Secret Wars. Which I feel like we're building up to anyways. Because multiverse and different variants of characters. That's kind of a big thing that ties into Secret Wars. I could see... Secret Wars being this big thing where I don't know you bring back everyone hell even bring back Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man just bring everybody back and just make it this big massive movie. Uh I can see that, but I don't know about like a proper Amazing Spider-Man 3. That I'm kind of okay with not having. Uh, but I I re- I recognize I'm in the minority on that one. So you damn right you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morbius, speaking of, uh, its release date has been delayed now more times than New Moons with an April 1st, 2022 release date. Uh, I don't know if anyone told them that. You probably don't want to have your release date be on April Fool's Day. I don't know if that's a... I think it might be a bad mojo kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, I wonder if it, people even took the news seriously, seeing that it was on April 1st. <laughs> like, wait a <laughs> yeah you're telling me it's coming out april 1st uh-huh sony um no. <laughs> i still remember where we left no way home and we were talking to the sony rep and then sony rep's like see you at morbius and i'm like see you at morbius and no 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 it's been 84 years <laughs> <laughs> by the time morbius comes out it's gonna like feel like a 10 year old movie it's kind of it's crazy. The thing is supposed to come out like like two years ago now. Yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. I don't know why they keep waiting on it? Like most theaters are open, I think. So yeah, I think it's like regional though. Like I know like Toronto here in Canada, all the movie theaters are closed. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, because even like, uh, well, let's get like two behind the scenes. But like, I was waiting on my invite for the new Scream movie. Which, by the way, getting great reviews. I'm excited as fuck to watch it. But um, I, uh, they were saying, like, oh, we might not do it because it's not... Theaters are closed in Toronto. They ended up doing it anyways. But it was just like, yeah, it seems like... And I'm sure in the U.S. it's probably the same way, too. Where, like, I'm sure there's pockets of places that are worse than others. And I don't know. It's just Omicron, Transformers, COVID, all that crazy shit. Well, I hope is the box office success that Sony believes it will be. But also too, it's like Sony notoriously is one of those companies that like they don't really invest in a digital distribution model. They don't have a streaming site. Uh they don't really believe in doing like digital distribution. 
they're more like the traditional theatrical model like even no way home they pushed it a couple times just because they wanted it to be fully theatrical um and obviously that paid off for them with no way home i don't know if it's gonna pay off for them with morbius as much but i mean fingers crossed uh what do you think is a uh, successful like they would consider a successful box office like three three fifty mm. four two let's see I mean, what, whatever no way home did was yeah. <laughs> just, just that was no like way over the did. roof success yeah i, I mean s- maybe if it does half of what no way home did probably be mm. a success i think for a character like morbius yeah well i think the, the thing is like it would probably um I would say like probably the budget for that movie is probably around 80 million if I had to guess. Yeah. I don't think they've publicly come out and acknowledged it, but that just looks like a movie that's around 80 mil in budget. So I would say for it to like make its money back with cost of marketing and all that, you're looking at at least 120 million at the box office. And obviously they they'll want to make way more than that. Yeah. I think for them, like... Okay, so two, would you think, would, 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 would please them? Yeah, like, if they made 120, they'll probably break even. I think, ideally, they'd want to make, like, 350 mil at the box office for it to, like, be considered a quote-unquote success. And that's with, like, the stipulation that, obviously, there's a lot of markets right now that are close to theatrically and, or limited in some case. Like, I know here in B.C., it's at a 50% capacity again for movie theaters. So you can't even fill a theater anymore. So, Oh, well, I mean, if, yeah, if I think if most movies did, yeah, I, I think, okay, I would, I'll go, I, I would say 250, which isn't in, which isn't impossible. No, Sony. No. 250. Okay. I mean, and here's the thing, you know, you talk about including Andrew or fuck, even including Tom Holland, like that would definitely drive up the box office. You know, well, yeah, that's another reason why I'm like it makes too much sense. Or if they finally include Miles, which I think is the smarter move, yeah, or both. What? <laughs> Miles and Andro, why not make that money? I just want like a post credit scene where Amy Pascal comes on, wearing that weird fro that she has, and then she just starts rapping, and then all these like random characters from the Spider Man first start showing up, like Miles and Andrew and Tom and all this, and she's just like, just like rapping hardcore. Give me mm-hmm. that, Sony. Just go wild with it. That's what we need with Morbius. We need it to go wild. <laughs> uh, speaking of wild and maybe not the best way, there's a rumor that the Flash will erase the Snyderverse movies from canon and establish a new Justice League with Supergirl and Batgirl replacing Superman and Batman. Oh boy, this got taken really well on the internet. Nobody had any issues with this whatsoever. I'm kidding. Everybody hates it. It's a fucking stupid idea. <sighs> It's like the worst thing I ever read in my life reading that news. <laughs> Just yeah. like, what the fuck are they thinking? Like, you can't, you can't just, like, uh, I know. I don't know where to start, but, like, you have Henry Cavill, a great actor who's been wanting to do another Superman movie for a while. Yeah. Um, and they just haven't been doing anything with him. Uh, and now you're going to replace him with, Supergirl, just some new uh, that you're introducing in the Flash. 
Batgirl's been replaced by it's like you can't have you can't have a, tr- a Justice League without Superman and Batman. I mean, those are like the two main staple characters of DC Comics. So it's just, yeah. I mean, Grant, I guess they do have a Batman in, you know, the Batman, which is its own separate thing. Um, but he's not going to be crossing over with the, the DC EU. Um, mm. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I don't know. I hope. I kind of hope it. it, I I hope it doesn't really decanonize it, like they're saying. I I hope it's more just kind of maybe they're going on their own uh, kind of timeline or or establishing a kind of separate timeline from the from the Snyder cut. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's just like why it's kind of it's also a little I don't know what the word is like. Uh, kind of petty i guess to use like the flashes film just to just to kind of decanonize and erase stuff mm. um it's like it's not a very good use of what i think a flash movie could be um yeah there's just so many things wrong with this there's so many bad decisions being made um honest uh, by by the whoever's in charge of dc comics over at warner brothers um that is it's just hard to be a dc fan these days yeah, it really is. Yeah. I was yep. just, I don't know. Like, here's what I just don't get. Like, okay, maybe you can't bring back Henry Cavill and um, Ben Affleck. That's totally fine. I get it. Uh, it sounds like maybe there's some issues with Henry Cavill behind the scenes with him and Warner Brothers. I saw some scoopers or whatever saying that, like, Apparently, there's some issues that are not entirely on Warner Brothers that are preventing him from coming back. I get that with Henry Cavill. And then Ben Affleck, obviously, he's kind of said he's done with the role. I get that there's reasons why you can't bring back those actors for that role. But what I don't get is why they don't just recast and bringing them in. And instead, they're, like, bringing in Batgirl and Supergirl. They're kind of recasting, but they're, they're making them female, you know? I guess, but like they're still different characters, and like I don't know, like nothing against yeah. Supergirl, but she's not Superman, like completely different character. And same thing with Batgirl, yeah. she is not Batman. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but I'm just saying like those are different characters. Like Batgirl's origin, who she is as a character, is completely different from Batman. So I don't know, it just seems moronic on almost every level. And again, I understand that there might be reasons why you can't bring back those actors. But there's a better way to handle it. And I think how they've handled it is just fucking yeah. stupid, to be honest. So it's, it's been handled really poorly. Um, I mean, from my understanding, too, I, I think Henry Cavill, he wants to get he wants a little more money and he wants a little more creative control and some more assurances, which is kind of fair, given the, what they did to him in, in the Justice League theatrical release. Like if I was Henry Cavill and I watched that movie. I saw the fucking CGI they did on my face. I'd be like, okay, I want to, I want, I need to be, you know, if we're doing another one, I need to kind of, you know, to, to, to sign off on a few things here on this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with Affleck too, yeah, he said he was done with the role after he did Justice League, you know, that being the theatrical cut. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Snyder called him to say, hey, would you mind coming back? And he said, for you, man, yes, right away. And he did it, you know. So I think he's more done with Warner Brothers Studio, um, uh, not so much the character itself. 
Um, he is going to be in this Flash movie. Uh, and something that does give me hope is that I think he did say in an interview that some of the scenes in, he did for The Flash is he, some of his favorite he's done as Batman. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just PR he's paid to say um, or if that's, if that's genuine that makes me hopeful. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I just think, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd be like, make it work, you know? Just, there's ways that they can make it work. And mm. instead, they're just trying to kind of erase just do new things and replace people and it's just it's a mess yeah well you know replacing people always works out so well right um yeah. well, maybe they need to replace some of those warner executives <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. discovery will finally do that when they take charge this year well i also like i there was that cyborg actor he kept like saying how like they're fucking out fucking over things and all this and i was like at first I was yeah, they're like, racing they're racing cyborg that's another character they're just gonna erase from the universe at first Stupid. i was like i think this, i i mean i don't know the situation but i just saw that i'm like feels to me like somebody just being a little pissy but now that i'm here all yeah. this, i'm like oh, i think he might be onto something so <sighs> yeah 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 you guys uh just to wrap up um, my end, you guys, everything you said is correct. Um, it's, it's very stupid. <laughs> and I, oh my gosh. Um, but I will say, I mean, that makes no sense, right? Because the only time they've introduced Batgirl uh, was Alicia. You know, yeah. shout out to her. And then the failed TV show. So, and yeah. neither of those were well received. I understand, of course, you're like, well, we're going to do it better. But I'm just saying... Only two times you've given the public this character, the people have not wanted it. So yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's the direction you're you're going to go in. Supergirl, at least I had that TV show that I think is still on. I don't remember. I and didn't I, like it. I don't know. It also seems like a little bit of convenience on the studio side of things where they're like, well, we've already cast a Batgirl and she's already getting her own movie. Why not just throw her in so people love her? And it's just like... Oh, fuck my life. I fucking hate everything. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems stupid all around. I don't know. End Warner Brothers. Let's just start new. Hopefully Discovery, they take over and they can fix some shit. But it's just a gong show. And, like, I don't know. I like Warner Brothers. Or I like uh, DC, sorry, and uh, Marvel movies equally. But, like, man, I, I, I don't like what they're doing with this. If anything, I think they'd be better off not trying to create a new Justice League either. I kind of like the DC movies when they seemingly just do their own thing and aren't really working too hard to tie them in. Uh, like, you look at the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Like, that movie looks incredible. But, like, that doesn't seem like it's trying to, like, fit in with Wonder Woman or fit in with Aquaman or anything. It's just doing its own thing. And I kind of wish, like, Warner Brothers would just do that and not do stuff like this just trying to create their own justice league like uh just seems seems dumb but yeah we should probably move on uh matrix resurrections sorry uh which by the way not a great movie uh flopping means sequels and a spin-off series are now unlikely to follow so apparently they had big plans for matrix and no longer which yeah i i don't know i mean 
I think people probably wanted it to do well. And hey, you know what? If it did well, I would have been on board for it too. But it was just, I don't know, it was such a weird, weird choices, a string of weird choices in that movie. But um, yeah, sorry. I still haven't seen Matrix, but would you say it's worth paying for a theater ticket to go see? Or should I wait till it's just like on streaming? It's on HBO Max now. Yeah. Up here in Canada, they don't have it streaming yet, which is unfortunate. Oh. You're forced to see it theatrically, which I would say probably not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't pay money to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. And I and I did. And, <laughs> so, and it sounds like it was uh, regret on your part for that. Yeah, dude. I mean, I could have watched it day of release on HBO Max. I'm like, no, it's The Matrix. Like, I want more of these. Let's go see it. And then Lana or Lana, just she really like it, it's okay. What I I said this on Facebook, so I'll just and people. Uh, so Spider-Man No Way Home feels like a movie that was made by people that love its fans and were and, and wanted to give them something special. And The Matrix Resurrections feels like it was made by people that hate its fans. And kind of wanted to destroy whatever connection the fans made to the art by like pretty much doing nothing that they liked about the first three movies. Um, it was it was the opposite of a love letter, which like it's your stuff. You get to do what you want, but you know, yeah. look what happened. It also seemed like I don't know. There's a few points in that movie where. Uh, they make jokes about like there's a in universe matrix video game that they keep using us with like some meta jokes about like rebooting movies and stuff. And there's yes. one point where they're like, well, they were going to make it whether you did it or not. And I'm like, that sounds like this. And it just sounds like Lena Wachowski did it because I don't know, maybe she wanted to do it on her terms, but still it's just like, that's exactly what happened. <sighs> <laughs> that's like, which I thought was weird that she, the, the the studio was like, yeah, that's, anyway, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was told after reading, that they kind of came to her and was like, we're making a new Matrix. You can get in or get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, looking at the end product, I, I was in, I'd be interested to know what their plans were with without her. Yeah. Because it sounds like she, well, I get the impression she almost did it as like a fuck you to the studio. Like, yes. she, she didn't want to do it, but at the same time, she realized that somebody else would have done it. And it was like, well, I get better do it. But then also she didn't want to do it. It just, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Anyways, don't go watch Matrix Resurrections. And you know what? I'm glad it flopped. And I'm glad there's no sequels or a spinoff TV series because probably wouldn't it have been great either. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah. The only thing that I will say I did like about that movie, and it was a little bit of a pleasant surprise, and this is a bit of a mild spoiler, but, like, they did give a lot more to Trinity in this, especially in, like, the back half of that movie. And I was like, oh, that seems very, like, progressive (laughs) to give the female love interest for the original trilogy some, like, more interesting stuff to do. So, I don't know. Uh, That was actually, I mean, I don't don't want to... I didn't like that, not because it's a woman relaxed, but just because it felt it didn't make any sense in the story. There was no build up whatsoever to it. No. It just felt like at the end she was like, 
and the women and women do it. And I'm like, bro, if you would put it in the movie, cool. But the way you did it, it felt like it literally was just to upset people. Like, and yeah, we haven't discussed this at all. But look what she can do. <laughs> like, bro, get the I oh, admittedly bro. was like tuning out on that movie. Like, I was, I think I was making dinner while I was half watching it, and then at the end, uh, I like, yeah, there's a point where like, yeah, like. Neo tries to fly or something and he can't fly because I don't know he just can't fly for some reason I don't know if that's ever explained and then Trinity's like, <laughs> Trinity's like don't worry I can fly and I'm like oh that's kind of cool but also it doesn't make sense because Neo's flown before so I don't get this I don't know anyways that movie it's on HBO Max you can watch it if you want probably you don't need to or want to Speaking of frustrating things, the legal dispute over Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees is reportedly over, but not yet fully resolved. Uh, this comes from Larry Zerner, who was an actor in Friday the 13th Part 3. He's now a lawyer, and oftentimes he chimes in on the legal situation of this uh, franchise, which basically kind of boils down to the original director is claiming that he owns the rights to the franchise, and then... The writer of the original movie claims that he actually has uh, the rights of the franchise and they kind of went to court and it's now settled and it looks like there's really no way to reappeal it, but it's kind of left things in a weird position where basically both, both of them can't make their own separate movies. If either one of them wants to make a movie, they have to work with the other one because the writer owns the U.S. rights and basically all the origin story and all that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the director owns, like, hockey mask wearing Jason, but basically still would need permission from the writer to make any movie. So they'd have to work together. And I don't know, they were seemingly at each other's throats during the whole legal process. So I don't know if they would ever come together to make something work, but something tells me they might want to because i mean sean Cunningham just turned 80 victor miller's around the same age like i don't know i'm kind of a little worried that like we was, might just never get a friday the 13th again and that would just be very sad and depressing and i know some people don't care but i would care <laughs> um the boys season three to premiere june 3rd on amazon prime finally hell yeah Although it seems like a bit of a wait. Like, I thought it would have come sooner than that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I think them putting it to June, like, I'm guessing there's other stuff. Like, I know they have Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I'm sure they have other shows to, like, that they have to work with as well. But I was just like, oh, really? June? Seems like a bit of a wait for a show that, like, I felt like when was season two. Like, it felt like it was a long time ago at this point. And season two felt like it was a long time after season one, too. Yeah. They take their time, apparently. Um, they got a... I think they're working on, like, a spinoff show for the boys as well. Yeah, they are. Um, I don't know if that's supposed to come out the same year or not, but... So, it was September 2020 that they released okay, season so... two. So, it'll, it'll be, like, just shy of two years. Wow. So. Whereas uh, season one to two was actually only a year in between 2019 to 2020. So, yeah. Although the trailer okay. that they showed off announcing the date was kind of interesting. It had um, 
the uh, Superman character, the guy that's like a bit of a bit crazy. Oh, Homelander. Yeah, they had him like smiling, but clearly he was a fucking like ticking time bomb of psychopathness. So I was like, can't wait for him to go like full evil. Yeah, Superman. Like, yeah, he's losing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, him versus his son. I'm very. And then they're Wonder Woman, and like, yeah, I just, I can't wait. And then the chick that's exploding my, I mean, bruh, come on. Come on, boys. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Like, oh, yeah, there was like that politician chick that was blowing up heads. Like, yeah. where are they taking yeah. that? I didn't even watch like a recap. I just, that's how long I've been waiting for this. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 Homelander is his name. Yeah. And like, I really hope they like do more with his character because I think he's one of the better characters. He's had some weird shit. Like, I don't know. He had that person who was uh, the the shapeshifter turned into like his kind of pseudo <laughs> bomb figure, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, he's got some issues. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love Carl Urban too so much. Mm-hmm. Um. As butcher, it's just it's just a joy to see on screen. The only thing I'm a little like, eh. I kind of wonder if they're gonna release it weekly, like they did with season two, or if they're just gonna like release it all at once, like they did with season one. I kind of prefer when they just dump it all at once, to be honest. But I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I hope all at once. I think that for I think season two it was something like the first three episodes were all at once, and then it was weekly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we might do something similar. Just, just give it to us. Just give it. Just drop it all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. No, me either. And uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm kind of hoping we get to do like some press for that. That would be a lot of fun. I know with Amazon Prime, we've been doing a little more press with their side of things. I would love to do press for the boys. Just say Amazon Prime, hook a boy up so I can talk to Homelander IRL. I would I think I'd, I'd be, be like a I'd be like a giddy schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh well yeah, this is gonna be a little bit of weird because we don't have too much to review, but we're gonna come back from the break and then we're also gonna give our like top ten of twenty twenty one as well. So back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. And we're back. Uh, as a friendly reminder, there's uh, monthly movie commentaries. We've got... Uh, oh, God. What was the last one we did? Spider-Man. That was the last one we did. Yep. That is it. And then the next one is the, the classic movie, Chopping Mall. I am so excited to do that. I think we might record that next weekend. We'll have to talk to Lee and see what's up with that. But, um, yeah. Uh only one movie to review this week and it's a real shithole of a movie and that's the 355 
Uh, a movie that I consistently saw trailers for, and even when I saw the trailers, I thought, man, this movie looks mediocre. Uh, but then I, I saw it, and uh, I wish it was mediocre, because that would actually probably make it more watchable than the painful experience that it was. Uh, so much of this movie is basically wasting a decent cast. I mean, there is a lot of great talent in this. Jessica Chastain, as well as uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger, even Sebastian Sh uh, Stan and Edgar Ramirez show up on this. But, oh my gosh, everyone is wasted in this movie. And I think the movie's problems essentially boil down to bland writing and weak characterization. Uh, no one here in this movie is interesting, despite like some relatively decent actors behind them. Even as like an action movie, it kind of fails to leave an impression with any of the action scenes. They're all just so bland and unenjoyable. Uh, it just seems like the writers and director really wanted a quick and easy movie to try to pass off as, uh, or they were trying to pass off like a generic film as like a progressive action movie with like a ton of female characters. But not realizing that I think there's more progressive action movies out there that are able to do that while being far more competent. So even if you were trying to like fool the audience by like passing a, a, a generic movie as like something progressive, I think there's better ways to do that. So I don't know. This movie is not good. I'm giving it three out of ten. I think you can probably just skip this one altogether. And then finally, the No Way or No Time to Die Blu-ray got sent to me by Universal. And uh, it's a beautiful Blu-ray. I really do like it. Picking it up here. Um, yeah, a lot of great special features in this. They kind of dive into uh, the behind the scenes of the movie and a lot of stuff like that. And obviously the movie looks gorgeous on Blu-ray too. So I'd give this a 9 out of 10. I mean, the movie itself may be less so much, but the, the Blu-ray itself is probably a solid 9 out of 10 for all the special features they included. Okay. Let's get into our top 10 of 2021, and I feel like we've talked about a lot of these things in various forms, so we probably don't need to like go into too exhaustive of a description on why each one's on here, because I feel like if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably can assume why, but um, does anyone want to start? They have a burning passion. Yeah, I'll go. I don't know about a burning passion, uh, but... <laughs> Uh, my top 10 list uh, is specifically movies I saw in theaters. Okay. Um, so this doesn't include, obviously, the dozens or potentially. No, it doesn't matter how many. Anyway. Uh, I do, so these are in sections. So my one and two, and like these are non-negotiable. Number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Sorry, I'm basic. Uh, and then number two, King Richard. I know most people listening to this didn't see this in theaters or maybe didn't see it at all. Uh, but this is Will Smith's best work. Woo! I mean, yeah. it, it feels good to see your boy on screen kill it. Um, and I watched the small table talk with him and the Williams sisters talking about how they like approved it and like said it was realistic. And they're not the kindest to their dad. I mean, it's real, I guess, right? And like, look where it got him. But I think that this wasn't like a look how wonderful our dad is type of thing, but also like a love letter in its own way. I don't know. Good script, good acting, good writing. If you haven't seen King Richard, give it a chance. Uh, and then the next four, The Suicide Squad. I know people have probably said it's that high. Give me a kiss on the cheek. I don't care. Quiet Place 2, Candyman, and Shang-Chi. I don't have a lot to say about any of these. Uh, I think Candyman fell a bit into the same issues that 
the Matrix did, but accidentally, where they kind of were trying to go a bit too woke and like relevant. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that's like a big part of Candyman, trust me, I love this here. But anyway, I just it would have been higher if it maybe didn't try so hard. And then the next grouping, uh, Saw 9, No Time to Die, Last Night in Soho, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, I believe that's 10. Um, real mixed reviews on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I think it's great that they do a balls deep into the nostalgia and the fan service. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's the best movie, but like I grew up kind of not a huge Ghostbusters fan, but I enjoyed them. And so to see something that felt so much like the old ones as opposed to the 2016, 15, I don't know what date, movie. Uh, and yeah, that's that's that. And Saw, Saw 9 is more about how much I love the series than the quality of the film. Uh, but that doesn't matter because it's my list. Um, give me Saw 10, baby! Yeah. Uh, Adam, why don't you go next? What was your top 10 for this year? Nice. Okay, so my top ten is kind of a combination of uh, movies and series. Um, uh, now it's only the stuff that I've seen though this year. So like, I w- I'm, I really want to see King Richard. Haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, there's, so there, there might be some movies missing on this list, but just because I haven't seen them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so number one, I got a Red Rocket. Mm. Um, I believe Kurt and I both saw this and reviewed this movie uh, yeah. at an earlier episode. Uh, really fun movie, pretty wild, um, and an amazing breakout performance by um, uh, Simon Rex is his name, the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I love this movie. Um, great film. Uh, number two, I have Belfast, uh, which I suspect is also going to be high on Kurt's list. Um, is this a really just charming, nice movie that was really relevant, I think, to kind of modern times now, like. Even the fact that they're, they're for different reasons uh, in the movie, you know, they're kind of like on lockdown, quarantine, and things are unsafe. And but it's kind of like you know, life just goes on, and they, you know, they still have fun. And it's just, I really like the message of the film. Um, it's really well done. Uh, number three, I have Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes, the true and only version of the Justice League film. Um, <laughs> I mean, just a great achievement in itself, I think, for kind of artistic integrity and a, and a fan base, um, you know, believe, uh, you know, fighting for his director who was who was wronged in the midst of a of a family tragedy, um, and it's just you know the movie itself. Even though it's four hours, I've seen it like probably like four or five times, and I I never get bored. Um, and it's you know it's split up into parts too, so you could watch it like as a series if you want as well. Um, but yeah, give me more. Restore the Snyderverse. Uh, number four, I have a series here, the uh, Mayor of Easttown. Um, this was like a HBO Max series um, yes. starring Kate Winslet. Um, really, really well done. Uh, sort of a murder mystery uh, type series. Uh, she's a small town detective uh, and kind of solves the case on her own. Uh, really well done. I would strongly recommend it. Anyone that likes... You know, if you liked, you know, True Detective or those kind of shows, like, definitely check this one out. Uh, number five, I got Pig. Um, mm. Now, Nicolas Cage tends to make a lot of bad movies, but every now and then he gives a knockout performance, and this is one of them. Um, Pig is pretty amazing. Um, some of the best acting I've seen from Nick Cage in a while. 
Uh, there's just some really great moments of dialogue in this film. Um, I, I, I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, six, I got Squid Game. Uh, Squid Game, you know, I loved it the whole way through. I, every episode, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, except for the last one, I think if, if I think that personally they dropped the ball with the last episode. I don't think the payoffs are quite there. If it was, this might have been like number one or two on my list. But um, I still, just the for the the ride of watching the show was it was it was yeah it was really good, mm. um, and really unforgettable. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I got uh, I got Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf. So this is an animated movie. Uh, it's kind of a spinoff from the Witcher series, which I think is better than both seasons of the live action series. A um, lot of action, a lot of good twists and turns. Uh, definitely don't sleep on this one. Uh, number eight, I got Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, this is the new A24 film uh, by Joel Cohen, I believe, one of the Cohen brothers. Um, and it's probably... I have to say it might be the best performance I've ever seen from Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. um, also has, uh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, uh, what's her name? I forget. <laughs> I'm trying to blank right now. Um, anyway, great cast. The dialogue. Oh, Francis McDormand. That's her name. Mm. Uh, yeah, dialogue is great. The delivery of all the lines is fantastic. One thing I'll say, though, is uh, if you're going to watch it, I'd recommend watching it with subtitles just because Shakespearean English is a you have to listen very carefully to to, to get, you know, what everyone is saying. Uh, so that might help you out there. Um, number nine, I have another A24 film, which is The Green Knight. Uh, great movie. Um, and number 10, I have Dune. Uh, looking forward to part two. Dude. <laughs> nice there we go <laughs> cool uh i'm gonna start from the bottom work my way to the top uh number 10 the forever purge i had a lot of fun with this movie uh it's not maybe technically the greatest movie but it's just so much fun that uh i had a great time with it uh number nine joe bob um uh, i mean joe bob has his regular specials throughout the year and then he has a season that runs usually like throughout the summer and uh yeah i think it's one of the few things where like no matter what i'm doing i will cancel whatever plans i have i will tell whoever i'm supposed to hang out with that i'm not hanging out with them because i have to watch joe bob so yeah joe bob's number nine uh malignant number eight uh this movie really <laughs> surprised me with how insane in the membrane it is i mean the third act of this movie alone is just fucking bonkers in the best way uh, yes. The Suicide Squad, number seven. I, I mean, this movie was a lot of fun. And redeemed The Suicide Squad, the original, in a way. So, that was a lot of fun. Um, another series, Midnight Mass, uh, that was on Netflix. That was a really great show. Uh, and it was one of the few shows on Netflix that really left an impression with me this year. Uh, not all of them do, but uh, definitely Midnight Mass did. Uh, number five, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, that was just a really well done movie. Really left an impression. In. Uh, number four, The Green Knight. Uh, I've talked about that movie before, but just a fantastic movie from start to finish. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Fucking you know why. Because it's 
probably the best comic book movie of last year by a long shot. Uh, and number two, Halloween Kills. Uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for a great slasher movie and Halloween Kills. Kind of in sort of in a way kind of said like Scream says you can't do a modern slasher. We've poked it, poked fun of, at it to death. And then Halloween Kills says, hold my beer. I'm going to like fucking show you how it's done. Uh, and then number one, Belfast. I mean, it's such a charming and well done movie. Uh, it's the movie that I've gone back and revisited the most. Uh, and I mean, it's just so well done. I mean, it's going to probably win a lot of Oscars this year. And not just because it's Oscar baby kind of movie, but also it's just a really well-made movie. So that's my list. Uh, and you know what you're not going to see on my top 10 of 2021 is Hawkeye and Book of Boba Fett, which we're going to talk about when we get back after the break. <laughs> Maybe the bottom 10. <laughs> hey, Spark, have you listened uh, to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, the ghost. I'm the ghost of What streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creatingregards so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, we're back. Uh, yeah, we're going to finish our, our recap of Hawkeye episode six, I want to say. I don't know. The last episode of Hawkeye. You know which one. We're going to start our recap for Book of Boba Fett. And then we're going to do our movie club this week, which is Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, Hawkeye Episode 6. Anything's on a convoluted and just, I don't know, jam-packed but not in a good way, I would say. Because I think uh, in the previous episode's recap, I mentioned how there was just so much going on. And I didn't know how it was going to wrap up all the storylines in a cohesive and sensical manner and then you watch hawkeye episode six and then you're like yeah you didn't really end it in a pleasing manner there was still a lot of question marks i had and even the stuff they did resolve didn't really feel overly great um but hey you know what forget all of that guys because kingpin's back 
and you're going to forget everything because you were so excited for Kingpin, right? Right, Spark? Right. <laughs> what What did you think of uh, the season finale of Hawkeye? Uh, I mean, I'm glad it's over. Uh, I there were like there were real moments. Like I liked the uh, the paratrooper. Nope, that is not even close to the right word. The live action role play LARP. There it is. Um, the LARP team. I liked them. Um, Clayton English is a stand-up comic that I've met in real life, so to see him on screen was fun. But I, unbiased, I thought that that was a fun little addition of the show, and I'm looking forward to some throwaway role they get in in, the, in, a, in a movie soon. Um, you know, Kate, I really like the actress. Eh. <laughs> um, uh, Haka Jeremy was great. And I really like that they're building something with his wife. That that this is fun. I like the idea of a kind of woman in the in the chair, little tag team role we got there. So there are parts of this thing I liked, but you know, I like Snickers and I like sugar cookies and I like broccoli. But oh, if you put that together, how's it gonna taste? Uh, and I think that that was hot guy for me. Bits and pieces I really enjoyed mixed into a batch that I uh, will not be eating again. <laughs> I think it's funny, too, because, like, the whole stuff with Hawkeye's wife kind of bugged me. Not because it wasn't, like... I mean, like, whatever. I guess it's cool for some people. But, like, can't we just have fucking regular people in this universe? Like, why does everybody have to be a fucking comic book character or a reference or whatever? Like, I don't know. That just bugged me on a level because I was just like... I don't need or care for Hawkeye's wife to be a character from the comics. I was fine with her just being his wife. You know, it would have been even greater if, like, he had this life of uh, being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and all this, and then she kind of helps ground him because she's a more real, like, down-to-earth person, just a regular person. But, no, you can't have regular people in this goddamn universe. Everybody's got to be somebody from the comics. And it was just like... I don't know. I get it. That's why that's some part of the reason why people like these shows, but it just, it's like kind of irritating for me that I was just like, I just don't need this. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the meshing of these things that are probably pretty good, but like, I think it's like a cohesive package. It just, I don't know, kind of fell apart. Um, there's a lot in this that was sort of, I think had you had more time to dedicate to those elements by themselves, it would have been fine. Like had you had less on like the tracksuit mafia and like Kate's mom and all these other characters, you could have probably focused on the Kingpin and had that be a great story in and of itself. But it felt like they were rushing through Kingpin's storyline just because even though they wanted to introduce him and make him a character in the show, they also had all these other things they had to resolve. And it just felt like they were just poorly mismanaging all of the characters and storylines in this. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And even, like, by the end, I was like, it felt like things got wrapped up a little too neatly, all things considered. Like, I don't know. For how much they had going on, the fact that, like, Kate and Clint got out of it fine pretty much everyone was caught or like taken out one way or another. It just, it felt a little too clean cut for me. So I don't know. That kind of bucked me a little bit too, but 
the mom at the end, speaking of clean cut, bugged me as well. Gets yeah. a snitch, bruh. Yeah. How you gonna do Vera like that? Yeah. Like, also, too, like, I was so confused what was going on with her character because I felt like I missed. I like I literally watched the episode and I felt like I missed a major part of characterization with that character because I'm like, what? Did they explain why she did all of this? Like, I don't think I, I, I'm so confused. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just disappointed in Hawkeye, and uh, it could have done a lot better. Although I did like Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, I did think that was cool. Uh, but again, just. It felt like it felt like it was a party that was already at capacity, and then you just bring one more person, and you're like, "This party's already at capacity. We don't need any more people." And then they bring one more person anyways, and you're like, "Yeah, we didn't need more people." That's what it felt like. It felt like we had too many people at the party, and Kingpin he was cool, but he was just one person too many at that party. Um, Spark, what would you give Hawkeye, both this episode and the season a score of? Um, I think this episode was somewhat of a, uh, uh, so I, compared to, to the rest of the episodes, I'll give this like a six, six point five, six point seven five. 6.75. Um, the, cause the, <laughs> the scene at the ice rink, dude. <laughs> but no, nobody have got, I mean, anyway, like, but it's just like, you have to just accept it. And then once you, much like Christmas, it is very easy to tear apart. Uh, but if you just get into the spirit, it can be quite fun. Uh, so I, I, I will, I will excuse the the skating rink thing and say that it actually was a joy. Once I was like, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, the show itself, uh, four. Yeah, solid four. Man, I'm gonna be slightly more optimistic, and I don't know why. Like, I don't feel like the show deserves it, but I'm going to be more slightly more optimistic. I'll give this episode a 6 out of 10. And the whole show, I'll also give a 6 out of 10. And I don't know. It just wasn't as good as it could have been by a long shot. But you know what was uh, maybe potentially even worse than Hawkeye? Book of Boba Fett, baby. Because... You know what happens when you take a cool character and uh, just make a very mediocre show out of him? You just make that character not cool anymore. And that's what they're doing with Book of Boba Fett. A character that I, I think most people think is pretty cool. I mean, he's got the cool armor. He always just says his one-liners. He incinerates people and all this. He's just a cool dude. And they turn him into uh, the most boring-ass character I've seen in a long time. I don't know. Uh, Adam, I know you've been watching Book of Boba Fett, like. Yeah, and I was looking forward to this because, uh, you know, I really liked The Mandalorian. I think Mandalorian's like probably the second best thing Disney has done with Star Wars, uh, second to Rogue One. Um, so I was looking forward to Boba Fett. You know, what, what do you think when you say like, oh, we're getting a Boba Fett show? You think, okay, cool, we're gonna see him like be a bounty hunter, you know, like Boba Fett. And... Nope. Not in this show. Nope. In this show, we see Boba Fett learn the tribes and traditions of being a Tuscan sand raider, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and being a little landlord, and 
not really doing much like the plot just moves so slow yeah um uh, part of like too i think like the actor who's playing boba fett like he he's so flat and so two-dimensional he doesn't really have any charisma at all which is like compared to pedro pascal who had a lot of like you know humor and charisma and how he played the character and and boba fett's just so just 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 nothing you know um i don't know i also think too like i don't know i i would i'm fine with flashbacks i should reiterate that because some people will be like you don't like the show because you don't like uh, flashbacks I, i don't mind flashbacks i don't mind them when they're done in moderation but i timed it in the episode two of book of boba fett there's 14 minutes of a 52 minute episode dedicated to uh the time and the present and then 38 minutes dedicated to a flashback sequence of him helping tuscan raiders it is i mean i don't say this i know it's a waste of time it is a complete and moronically like it's just a moronic choice but it's just such a complete waste of time there, there's a lot of wasted time even in the yeah. first episode it begins with like i think 12 minutes of him just stumbling through the desert yeah um only to kind of wake up where he needs to be and, yeah and that in the second episode i was like okay this is promising you know he's confronting the the mayor or whatever there's this cool wookie bounty hunter looking guy that are, are they going to maybe face off there's some new java people and then it's like no none of that's happening this episode and we literally see him, he teaches, I mean, he's a prisoner, I guess, to these Tuscan Raiders, but he teaches them how to ride bicycles. And then they rob a train together with their newfound knowledge. And then he trips Peyote in the desert um, because a lizard climbs up his brain. And then he comes back a, a Tuscan Raider, I guess, and he gets his clothes and he carves his little Tuscan Raider stick. And then they do a nice dance around the fire. And then that's literally how the episode ends. And I'm like, this is a Star Wars series. Like, what what the hell am I watching? It, like, I'm watching people do, like, household chores and stuff for, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I mean, the coolest <laughs> part of episode two is the reference to the bounty hunter. Because the Fetch or the Huts show up to be like, you killed our nephew or whatever. And uh, my wife here wants to kill you, but I'm more sympathetic. And I'm like, what? But then the coolest part of that was when they had the bounty hunter who, I mean, I don't think he's been in live action before. I don't even think he's been in like animated, but he was in the cartoon uh, or the comic that they had before. And uh, he's a pretty gnarly bounty hunter. And I thought that was like, like a cool little reference, but also, that's like a character from the comics that most people are not going to be privy to. They could have explained who he was like even had Boba be like, Oh, the, the bounty hunter, blah, blah, blah. The one who fought uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like gives some sort of background to that character. But instead he's like, Oh, we're not here to be in the gladiator ring. And I'm like, what? Like you didn't explain who the character is. And I think you kind of needed to. So I don't know. I'm I'm hope we see more of him. Like I hope that's oh, not yeah. all for the series. I mean, they better be. I I think that what they're setting yeah. up is that like the huts are gonna start sending people 
to take yeah. down uh, Boba Fett. Because but like just just make that the show, just make the present day the show. I don't understand. I, I kind of hope we I don't know why we need this parallel flashback like storyline throughout the whole season. I, I really don't. I don't want it. I just want <laughs> end of the show. The stupid fucking lizard thing that went in his brain makes a comeback, and like he sneezes, and now comes this giant fucking lizard or something. I don't know. Just go fucking stupid with it. Why not? I mean, the fact that, like, the lizard crawled into his brain, I was like, what? What are we doing here? Like, I have I have many life questions now about what got us to this point. This is how drugs work. <laughs> you ingest another animal. That I just pulling. want, like, some dumbass who's, like, watching that show to be like, I'm going to go find a lizard now. Let it go up my brain. Um, anyways. I just can't believe that's how the episode ended, though. Was, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we ditched the flashbacks and get to something more substantial i mean i don't know there's rumors that han solo shows up there's rumors that kira is gonna show up there's all these rumors of people showing up and i'm like i could care less because i probably won't even make it to the finale at this point like i'm just done with the show um what would you give uh scores to the first two episodes adam four out of ten both of them oof yep uh the first episode i'd give a five out of 10 and the second episode of four. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the first episode I give slightly more just because I was a little on board for like, okay, let's see where we're going. And then by the time the second episode came out, I'm like, okay, if this is where we're going, then I'm fucking done. Like I'm, just, I'm giving up on life. So, all right, let's do a nice yeah. palate cleanser before we end the episode and talk about something decent, which is Kiki's delivery service. Just a, a, a real, heartwarming tale of a witch trying to find her purpose in life um we also we do talk about occasional studio ghibli movies on here and this isn't my favorite studio ghibli movie but it's one that i it was the first one i ever watched actually and it's the one that i've gone back to a few times and i i just find it's like a really cute heartwarming movie um have uh, either of you seen this movie before or was it first time watch you know, this was actually my first time, and I, I'd seen a lot of uh, Studio Ghibli movies before. I'm a big fan of the studio, but I, I just this one just slipped my radar, so I was really happy to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I had seen this before. Nice. Nice. What do you guys think of, of it, just in general? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Or, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um it was, yeah, as you say, super charming, super nice. I mean, the animation is just beautiful, like especially the 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 cityscape and like all the buildings. It it looks just like this beautiful watercolor painting. Um, yeah. Other than like everyone's just so nice in this movie, like yeah. people are just so helpful and friendly, and like it's just you're like wow, like people can be good, like humanity's nice, you know, like and it's just. Yeah, it's it's just a really sweet, charming film. Um, yeah, of how they they sort of accept her, you know, into their town. You know, I I would I would absolutely love like a Kiki's delivery service like series. You know, make like a series of just her in the town doing stuff as a witch. I would mm -hmm. watch the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just have her delivering various yeah. things for people. Well, honestly, yeah, or like. And just meeting people in the town and 
explore more of the witches stuff and yeah i i love this movie yeah uh i think like compared to um princess mononoke which might be my favorite uh studio ghibli movie this one is like far more positive uh princess mononoke is like the movie you make after a breakup and you're just mad at the world um very violent yeah uh and then yeah prince or um kiki's delivery service is just so cute and heartwarming and like it's in some ways low stakes even like by the end of the movie it's like tombo or whatever is like hanging on by a thread but like it's not like the end of the world or anything it's just this kid that looks like waldo holding on to a blimp and you're like oh this is kind of like low stakes but also uh i had i had a serious question about this so you know at the end she doesn't have a broom and she goes up to some dude and uh she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna take your broom i need it and then takes his broom I don't think she ever returned his broom. I think I think he just, she just like fucking walked off with that broom. That guy's like out of broom now, and he looked a little <laughs> upset about that. Just saying. Well, he was he was kind of pointing the TV like, "Hey, that's my broom. Like I gave it to her." But like he was like proud, you know, not like, "Hey, give it back." He was like, he was like "Oh, I helped," like, you know. Yeah, this is my <laughs> contribution. I gave her the broom. Yeah. Um, well, he can make a new broom. Yeah. <laughs> she made one. You can make yeah, it. Maybe she can make one. Yeah. Maybe she can deliver him a broom. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, there's not a ton that happens in this movie, which is perfectly fine. Like, every movie doesn't need to, like, break the, the grounds of reality in your understanding. It just is a very well-made, cute movie. Like, and it's a perfect movie, for, I think, for kids. And, like, it talks about, you know, it talks about self-doubt and kind of, like, growth and like help and not not being afraid to like reach out but it, it doesn't hit you over the head with it like it's it just is and i i think saying it looked like a watercolor like, yes like the it, it truly does look like a, a painting come to life um and i also like the pacing of the movie like immediately she's leaving the house and her parents are upset but everyone's like you know chill and then she flies and meets that snooty witch and then gets into town and almost gets arrested and then meets a boy like they're like here you go right like there's not a lot of fluff either um it, it like really bounces her from situation to situation um in a way that feels real mm-hmm. uh and grounded i yeah i just i yes this is a very good movie the weird thing is too is when i went to go watch this movie on netflix it said that it came out in 1988 i'm like you're fucking wrong netflix came out, i saw this in 1998 when it came out not realizing that apparently uh there was the japanese movie in 1988 we waited almost 10 years for it to uh have a disney uh sponsored dub in 1997 1998 so that's just crazy to think like i was like uh uh netflix you're wrong this movie came out in 1998 but uh no for some parts of the world that came out in 1988 well before so that's very impressive then for its time like everything holds up so well like this movie could have just came out this year yeah it's got a very timeless quality to it despite yeah being from 1988 technically um yeah um i also just like the voice cast i mean i've seen this movie with 
the the like just Japanese dialogue and English subtitles, but uh, I don't know. I think for the sake of convenience this time, I just put on like the English dub and like I don't know. I really like Phil Hartman as Gigi and even Kristen Dunst. I mean, not my favorite actress in the world, but she was pretty good as Kiki in this. So, well, I, I watched with the Japanese, so that's that's. <laughs> it's blown my mind a little trying to think about that how <laughs> a Kirsten Dunst would sound as geeky yeah but yeah I mean I think for most people if it's your first time watching it or you've watched it just with the English you should watch it with the Japanese uh, language and the English subtitles if you don't understand Japanese because I think that's just is better um, but I mean yeah sometimes you're just like eh, i'm exhausted i got my booster shot yesterday i'm just looking for something simple so uh, well, i'll say the soundtrack was super delightful really oh, well yeah. done music is just on point yeah mm-hmm. yeah um uh, even it has its uh spider-man 2 moment <laughs> before spider-man 2 of losing her powers and oh. then Oh no, time has come. She's got to get her powers back. I had a good laugh at that. I'm like, well, I guess technically Superman 2 would have uh, preceded it. So that would have been a better reference. But yeah, I was like, a little existential crisis. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I, I had a good laugh at that. I'm like, hmm, you know, it seems like someone pulled a little bit from Superman 2 in that regard. So cool. Uh, what did you guys give this a score of? 10 out of 10. Ooh. That's a good way to start off the <laughs> year. What about you, Spark? Um, yeah, I'll go 9. Uh, I'd say How's Moving Castle is a, is a 10 for me. Um, yeah. So it, it's, not, it's not as good as that. But boy, is it fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 9. Nice. Uh, I'll go with a nine as well. I do really like this. I think there are some Studio Ghibli's movies that I place above this, but I think this one is just so innocent and fun that like I still enjoy it. Uh, even if again, it's probably not the most the most engaging or most complex of the plots. I think it doesn't always need to be, and I think it shows that yeah, you can even sculpt for simplicity and still make it work. So cool. Uh, well, Spark, it's your choice for Movie Club next week. Uh, do you have a movie movie in mind? Or are you gonna? We're gonna. Um, I just watched. No. Okay, I'm gonna put maybe Love Love and Monsters, um, but because I just watched that last night and I found it pleasantly surprising. But don't. I'll decide by the end of the day. But if you don't hear from me, it's it's Love and Monsters. Okay. So. Which is on Amazon Prime. I don't know where it would be. Anyway, yeah. That with uh, Dylan O'Brien. Yep, Dylan O'Brien and uh, Bugs, the Asian girl from uh, Matrix Resurrections. I don't, I don't know her real name. Oh yeah. But oh, and Liam Hensworth is in it randomly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we might do that. We might not. We'll find out next week. All right, everybody. Bye for now.